Bod for God. Fair disclosure, that opening video we saw with Pastor Nick, you know, acting out the fitness training scenes from that classic movie, Rocky, we had a coin toss to see which of us would do the video (laughs) and which of us would have to preach the sermon. At first, I thought I lost. Please pray with me. Oh, Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth this morning be truly from your word. May the meditations of all of our hearts gathered here this morning be the work of your spirit. And may it all be pleasing and acceptable to you, O Lord our God. Amen. Okay, be honest. How many of you are a little squirmy about where this current series is going to go? Okay, how many of you are perhaps just a little perplexed about why we are dealing with something so physical when we should be dealing with spiritual things? And how many of you, and here's where you could find me, are worried that we're going to try and meddle with your life? So let's start right here. This series is not about shame. It's not about blame. This is not about attaining this perfect body type or being more attractive or reaching physical perfection. This is not about some warped attempt at defying age or defeating death. We are not talking about having bodies like Greek gods which is a relief to me since I look more like Buddha, and he definitely isn't (laughs) Greek. This is not about creating this ultimate bod worthy of God, but it is about being created in the image of God. It is about this wonderful gift we have. Therefore, the truth, folks, is this. Yes, this is a bod for God. Now, I know with this robe, I'm definitely looking more like Friar Tuck than Rocky. And around Christmas, I wear wearing red because I've known, been known to really disappoint little children. Because there's a certain portion of my body that could be described as jolly. It precedes me. It's noticeable. And while I have tried to diet to minimize its size, I find no matter what color I diet, it doesn't help. But no matter, because yes, I'm here to tell you, this is a bod for God. The gospel is, the good news is, now this is a bod for God. What Jesus did with his body on the cross has for eternity redeemed this body, redeemed it from its selfish desires, rebirthed me from death. Just as we talked about last week with Pastor Mark, I was born with this death sentence on my head. An inheritance of selfishness that I had no power or honestly no desire to change. But the penalty of my death was satisfied by Jesus on the cross. And in my baptism, the Holy Spirit joined my spirit and my body into Christ, into his death, into his resurrection, into his life. And just as it didn't matter how good or bad I was, It doesn't matter how good I look. God's love was for me the way I was. God's love for you is just 
the way you are now. But just as good, God has something even better for us as his family than the way we are now. You see, because of grace, because of God's new claim on my life, the life I live is no longer ruled by my desires, but it's now Christ living in me. As Paul teaches us in, first, in Galatians 2, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And so I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me, gave himself for me. This is our good news. When we are in Christ, we have exchanged a bod of death for a bod for God. And that's what we're going to be exploring over the next four weeks. But let's do a real reality check here. Our nation is, physically speaking, increasingly at risk. Even two such unrelated magazines as Time and Christianity Today have current covers on this very topic. I love how God does something at the same time we start this series. And what do we find? In 1990, just 27 years ago, 1990, seriously overweight adults were less than 15% of the population. By 2010, it was up over, just over, 25%. And in seven years, it's now over 40% of the adult population. Healthcare costs continue to spiral out of control. Budgets are being overloaded by the cost of insurance. According to the Journal of American Medical Association, much of the problem, including premature death, comes from what we eat and the way we eat. The medical and indirect cost of diseases associated with diet and inactivity in America are estimated at over $900 billion a year. The cost to society is enormous. But the lost value that we have, the lost opportunity that we have, that's incalculable. This isn't good stewardship. And let's get personal. Now that's just what you wanted to hear, right? What did your doctor tell you the last time you were in for an exam? My doctor told me I was, again, overweight. The good news is I don't need medication for blood pressure or blood sugar or gout, although apparently being overweight has negatively affected my eyesight. I can't see my feet anymore. But at this rate, I and too many Americans do have more exposure to heart disease, to stroke, to diabetes, to joint disease, and even sleep disorders. This morning, in anticipation of the sermon, I thought I'd get up early enough to get a good run in. You know, get pumped. Oh, who am I kidding? I was going to go for a walk. But what happened? I got outvoted. My toes voted against me 10 to 1. But the question I should ask myself is, is this truly good stewardship of the gift that God has given to me? Am I available? Am I physically ready for the times that God needs me? 
Bod for God is really about living the life that God created for us to live. God wants us to live this life fully and to do that. He wants us to take care of our body. In fact, Jesus promises us in John chapter 10 that with him, we can have the fullest life, the most meaningful life, the abundant life. But Jesus also warns us in that same verse that the evil one, he wants to sneak in and steal that experience away from us. Satan prowls about like a hungry lion, Peter tells us, warning us that he is seeking to devour our abundant life, derail it, distort it. For Christians, the devil can't steal our eternal life, but he can rob us of what it means to live out our eternal life here and now. These next four weeks, we're just going to take what the Bible teaches us and give you practical ways to experience all that God has for you, both spiritually and physically. Personally, it's a series that I need to hear and learn from. So would you join me each week in that discovery? This is really not about weight, but it is about being healthy. Now, there are health issues which are beyond our control. Even our own biology, according to Time magazine, works against us sometimes. And they say it's not simply a lack of willpower that makes our diets fail. But what we can do is to choose a healthy way to live. Maybe I will struggle with my weight no matter what I do, but I'm not choosing to lose weight. I am choosing to live healthy. After all, it's not about perfection. It's about process. It's not about perfection, but we, with God's help, can experience progress. We're going to have some fun things to do during this series, and not just great sermons to hear. Things that we can do to pump each other up. You know, there's a walking group that's going to be formed for early Sunday mornings during this whole series. There's actually a certified physical, no, a certified exercise physiologist who can talk to us about realistic goals. And there's even our own Trinity Green Trails 5K walk and run event that's been approved by the city of Lyle for Sunday, July 2nd. It's before church. So afterwards, after you go to that, you can come to church proudly and sweaty. It's okay. There's more information on what we're going to be doing out at Cards, out at the Connecting Point, and just watch our Facebook pages as well. So why... Why have we gotten into this discussion about our physical bodies? Why is it also a spiritual message? Because it boils down to one major truth. For the truth is what we do with our bodies matters to God. So how do we know that? (laughs) Well, the Bible tells us so. It goes back to the very beginning, to that beautiful story of how we became spiritual and physical beings. In Genesis 1, humanity is revealed as the greatest of God's physical creation. In chapter 2, we're told God himself formed us. I imagine what clay dripping from his hands and then God takes us in his arms and he breathes life into us. His life. See, humanity, humanity is both physical and spiritual. Made in the image of God, we participate in a relationship with him and we also participate creatively with him in the work that God gives us to do. Our bodies aren't just our own. Our bodies exist for what we are to do with God, to reflect him, to worship him with every aspect of our lives. Colossians 1, 
Verse 16 says, For by him all things were created. All things have been created through him and for him. The truth is, everybody matters to God. We were created for him and for his work. But the additional truth here is that every body matters to him too. Our physical being is essential to who we are, to who God created you to be. Why? Because God says he lives in us so that we can live out his purposes. Paul teaches us in 1 Corinthians, and we heard it read earlier, don't you realize that your body, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. Yeah, this temporal, fragile bit of flesh lasting maybe a hundred years. But that's the temple for the eternal God. God doesn't choose to live in some fancy building. He chooses to live in this refurbished, rehabbed human body. And Paul continues, So you don't belong to yourself because God bought you with a very high price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Our bodies... Reclaimed at the price of Jesus' own blood. That's how much this body is worth. And now these bodies, they don't belong to us. They belong to him. And shouldn't we take care of it just for that reason alone? Still, there's one more way that we can see that our physical bodies matter to God. For it is God's plan that we will have physical bodies also in eternity. Now, a third of the time that the Bible talks about the human body, God is talking about that future body we will have, a resurrected body like that of Jesus, without sin, without pain, without problems. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, there Paul says, Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. Our time here, it's just practice for all of eternity. So guys, get used to it. <laughs> we are going to have a physical body for all of eternity. Because God says, this is a part of my perfect plan for you. The relief is, I'm not going to be stuck with this broken body. But the joy is, having physical bodies... I'm going to hear my father's laugh again. I'm going to be able to hug a brother I've never been able to hug before. And then we will see and do such things. God says our physical bodies are important. So what should we do now in the meantime? Paul's words certainly echo in our ears. Honor God with your body. What can we do? Three things we can do, according to God's word. Three things that we can do together, beginning right now in this series. The first is to dedicate our bodies to God. Romans 12.1 puts it this way. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. This is truly the way to worship him. Paul says it's a fair exchange, a worthy response. Paul urges us to give our bodies to God because of all that Jesus has done for us. Let our body be something God can use that will be useful to him. A living, holy sacrifice. 
And practically speaking, that means it's just not my decision anymore about what I eat, what shape I'm in. God is to have that final say. And as I practice listening for his guidance, as I practice that, then I'm going to hear him when he says, you know, Dennis, the most fattening thing you can add to that pint of Ben and Jerry's right in front of you, the most fattening thing you can add to that is your spoon. Second, boy, will you, will you pray with me about this? In a few moments, in the Lord's Prayer, we will ask him, deliver us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. In other words, lead us out of temptation when we find it right in front of us. Lead us out of temptation when it's right beside us. Lead us out even when we think we left it behind us. Jesus is telling us in Matthew 26, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body, the body is weak. Boy, do we know that. Even our own biology works against us. Studies have shown that the exercise of self-discipline is fueled by glucose, taking it directly out of your bloodstream. So here I am, hopefully stirring up your self-discipline to the sticking point. And your blood sugar is going to drop a little bit. And the first thing you'll smell as you leave the lobby today is the Dunkin' Donuts in the cafe. Just the glucose hit your body is telling you you need. But there are really, truly so many reasons why we overeat. Sometimes it's just there. Sometimes we're just bored, but other reasons go much deeper into our needs and into our fears. Keep watch, Jesus says, and pray. Get to know me, he says. Start a conversation with me about this. Learn from me, and I will teach you how to make a different choice when it comes to temptation. That's what self-control is, by the way. It's choosing a different option. There's always an option. Oh, temptation will try to tell you that there's not. But there's always an option. And that's why we pray, lead us out of temptation. Help me, Lord. Help me to see and to choose the other option. That's self-control. And that leads us to the third thing that we can do or begin to do. It's to start to walk in discipline. A culture, our culture doesn't take to discipline. It doesn't often understand delayed or denied gratification for something better. I love this quote attributed to none other than the great one, Jackie Gleason, before your time, kids. He said, a funny thing with the diet, the second day of a diet is always easier than the first. By the second day, you're off it. You're laughing. We recognize the truth in that. St. <laughs> Paul says, I discipline my body, training it to do what it should. Self-discipline, self-control. Self-discipline, that's a choice I make. Self-control, that's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Self-control is not something that we can forge deep within us. Rather, it is the spirit that produces it. It is his fruit. Now, it's fruit that we can desire and cultivate and nurture. 
And it's when it's in, we are in his word that the spirit edifies us, especially when we realize how much we matter to God. But in God's word, the spirit helps us to see that there are better alternatives, better choices. And then he gives us the power to make those choices. So in response, in response to God's great love for us and recognition of our real identity as a daughter or son of God, we dedicate our bodies to him. We pray for his deliverance from temptation and we discipline our bodies, training it to do what it should. And then there will come a time when I utterly abandon my diet. And you can honestly call me a deserter. Last one. <laughs> and here is when we've, what we've learned from Pastor Mark last week. Here's what we learned that will become so important. You see, this physical body still allows sin to work in it. My real identity as a baptized son of God is still being, what, downloaded into me. God isn't finished streaming all that data yet. And the times when I sin is for when that data flow gets interrupted. And I sit there with that spinning wheel in front of me and I'm waiting for the stream to pick up again. Here's where God's grace makes all the difference. I may have failed, but God doesn't abandon the connection. Far from it. We hit play and we take it up again right from where we left off. It's called forgiven. It's called grace. And I love him for it because he first loved me. The goal for this series is not our perfection. Jesus is perfect. I'm not. So it's not about our perfection. It is, however, about the process of taking care of the gift that God has given us in this body of being good stewards. And God wants to work with us on it. And the progress we make will be all his doing. So grace, mercy, and peace and bodies fit for him be yours from God our Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.